So hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us today on the King's Crowd Startup Investing Podcast. We are very fortunate to be joined here by Bruce Verga, uh, CEO and founder of Title Three Funds, as well as Kim LaFleur, the founder and CTO of Title Three Funds. Uh, this is a really interesting and unique platform um, that has begun going live with deals recently. And uh, I think it'll be a really interesting conversation chatting with these guys today and learning more about what they're up to. So Bruce, Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, Chris. Good Thanks to see you. Having us, Chris. Thanks. Good to see you too. Hey, Bruce, would love for you to start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you came to found uh, Title Three Funds for those who don't know you. Sure. Thanks. So I had 20 some odd years experience in software and I exited a company in 2017. The actual founder of the company is um, a visionary founder called named Ron Hirsch. And he introduced me to this as I was selling my other company. And once I did that, um, I looked at what he had going on. So what he did is he got licensed for um, Reg CF as a funding portal in 2016 when everybody else started doing that. And then he, he sort of tried to get it going and he brought me in to execute. And at that point, I brought in Kim LaFleur as CTO to build out the platform. And, and Kim has plenty of experience in, in the industry and um, contacts. So I think actually her background is probably even more interesting than mine. Well, yeah, Kim, would love to hear from you as well. Your, your kind of your background and uh, what interested you in getting involved with Title Three Funds? Yeah, so um, thanks, Chris and Bruce. Um, so I had spent 20 years in e-commerce prior to getting into crowdfunding. And I went to work consulting in on an e-commerce project for someone that had just started doing marketing for uh, crowdfunding. And during that time, um, the e-commerce project that we were working on sort of was completed and sunset and moved on into crowdfunding because there were a lot of parallels about e-commerce and crowdfunding. Obviously, crowdfunding is taking a transaction for a financial um, investment online. And so while I was doing that, I really got familiar with a lot of the funding portals that were out there and what they were offering because of the marketing company. And what I was really seeing working in, in crowdfunding was that a lot of this was about friction. The companies that needed to raise money and, um, and putting their offerings online and how could we reduce friction and help traditional and retail investors understand the important dynamics of the offering, reduce the friction and help these two types of people connect. And I know that you know, over the last 20 years, e-commerce has been a way where people have met up online and transacted online. So what I wanted to do when I saw Bruce and Ron wanting to build a regulation crowdfunding funding portal was I wanted to do, wanted to create a funding portal that eliminated a lot of that friction and really helped people to understand specifically regulation crowdfunding easier and, and with less friction. Got it. So I would love to hear and, and happy to hear from either one or both of you when you think about Title III funds, you know, in, in today's day and age, we have so many platforms out there now. Um, what makes Title III different than the rest of the platforms that are out there? I, I can start on that. I think that we are offering only 
regulation crowdfunding offerings. We're trying to find the big companies that can raise up to 5 million. We're trying to keep all of the offerings simple, meaning equity only. If we have to do a convertible note, we probably will, but um, equity only. Just something so that the 90% of the country of retail investors that don't know equity crowdfunding exists can come online, look at offerings and say, I'm interested in this category or that category and not have to get overwhelmed and scared away by all the different types of offerings that I, th I think we see um, elsewhere. So we're, we're trying to differentiate by, by being simple, finding really good crowd funding, fundable companies and, and offering them and figuring out unique ways of marketing to attract the retail investor that doesn't know anything about equity crowdfunding. Got it. And, and what do you think, when you think about what makes a company attractive to the retail investor, um, what does that look like? What are the elements of a company that you think can be successful in this space? You know, it's all over the place and it's very personal. So the retail investor has their idea of what, what, they're, what they like. And so basically it's a marketing effort. You're trying to reach out to retail investors via digital marketing, television advertising, and all of that to try to bring them and attract them into your deal. So I don't know that there's any particular formula for what company will be successful. I mean, who are we to know um, what entrepreneurs are good and what aren't good until they're actually into their business. Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. Do you think, um, again, in terms of being able to market to a retail investor, um, you think about you need to see revenue generation, profit generation, is it product development, is it needs to be a consumer business? Are there any sort of certain elements that you think tend to better resonate with retail investor or is it kind of all over the map? I think it's all over the map, but you know there are certain things like, for instance, revenue generation would be great. Um, something that the that, that consumer product would be easier than the B two B, for instance. Uh, you know, although we do have a semiconductor company on our platform, and it's really about figuring out a way to tell the story um, that the retail investor can understand the story quickly and decide this is something that they're interested in getting the foot in the door early on. Got it. Um, so you guys are focusing solely on Reg CF. We know there's things like Reg A plus out there. There's Regulation B 506C. Um, what do you like about regulation crowdfunding and why are you making that solely and wholly the focus of the platform? We're gonna open that one up to Kim because uh, she has a good way of explaining that for our company. Terrific. Yeah, you know, um, regulation crowdfunding is really where companies need the money the most like they are typically at a in a point where they've reached out to their friends and family they've bootstrapped if if they needed it but now they're really looking to get that first 250,000 or that first half million or the or the first million 70 or the first 5 million and um it's it's sort of you know that very first step and you know what i what I think about that is I talked about the friction earlier when, when you were introducing, uh, when I was introducing myself and what I saw in offering Reg D and Reg A for the retail investor is that the retail investor does not understand all of these types of exemptions. They don't necessarily need to. 
What they need to understand is that when you're doing early stage investing, you're investing in people and products and companies that you believe in and that you want to invest in. And when you put some multiple types of exemptions on a funding portal and you ask a retail investor to navigate that level of complexity, understanding all of those exemptions, and then you say, okay, and also I'm going to offer different types of investments like safe notes and convertible notes and common stock, but all of that stuff is too complex. So for us, staying focused and being specialists and helping retail and tra traditional fest investors as well come on our funding portal, but have a simplified menu, regulation crowdfunding, equity primarily is what we prefer. Retail investors understand it. And then you're able to look at companies like you were talking about, Chris, objectively and say, do I like this product? Do I like this service? Is, do I believe in this team? And, and now you're comparing across things about the company and less about the offering in terms of what level you're playing in. And is this really comparable? That makes a lot of sense. Um, so I'm curious to hear from you, you know, in terms of your focus, it's really on the retail investor going into Reg CF deals. So I know you've been, you know, doing some deals for the past few months. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, what the typical retail investor is coming to your platform looks like today? Looking at what we have going on, I see um, $2,500 averages, which I think are higher than wow. a lot of platforms. I, I see um, people very interested in hemp deals. That's one of the, the best performing ones on our platform. Um, they're, they're signing up fast. You know, it's like we, we have a, a great marketing program going on where we're able to reach them and, and try to educate them. So I, I think they're just looking at these deals. You know, we don't have a lot of deals on currently. We have five. We have five more that we're bringing on in June. And I think um, they're going to be very enticed to invest in those deals. So I'm just hoping that we can keep the average up and keep the interest up and have a lot of these investors invest across different deals on the platform. So I know one of the things you mentioned is you don't want it to be too complicated, too confusing for investors. Um, do you kind of have a number in mind that you think is the right number of deals to have live at any one time on the platform? So I would say 10 to 15 are, are a good amount to have live on the platform at any given time, just to, so that no, nothing gets lost. You know, everybody that we bring live on the platform should have exposure without having to infinitely scroll. And, you know, so I, I think just keeping it to that level you know, I guess eventually all platforms are going to have 300 at the same time, just like some of the competitors. But at, at this stage, I think uh, for us, we, we like 10 or 15. And for founders and investors, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, one of the other differentiators here is it's just costs, right? Price of, of doing business. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to hear in terms of founders, um, you know, how do you kind of price out against other competitors? If you don't want to get into exact numbers, just curious to hear kind of what range you're in, how you charge for your services on the founder side. And then I'm just curious to hear if there are any fees on the investor side as people think about coming to Title Three funds. So no fees for investors. Investors are our hero. 
we, we really want to have deals that are equitable for investors and for founders. Uh, that's why we don't offer things like safe notes, for instance. Uh, as far as uh, founders, I think our pricing is sort of in the middle. I think there are a couple of platforms that might be less expensive, uh, but I, I think we're very, very hands-on with the team. Onboarding, we bring everybody through the process one step at a time because I think that some founders could get overwhelmed with you know the Form C filing, the accounting review versus audit, and all of those little things. And so you know we have a team that onboards and. Pricing is, is, you know, across the board, uh, I think we're probably in the middle. I think everybody has basically the same marketing costs, and that's always variable to uh, drive traffic to your page. So I think sure. we're right in there. Got it. Um, and then in terms of the retail investor uh, that's coming to your platform, you know, are you finding that these are individuals that are making multiple investments? Are is it a lot of friends and family and it's a lot of the company driving the, the dollar volume? Um, how are you kind of playing that mix? Well, so we are. We see friends and family obviously are the first in on the deals on the crowdfunding platform, we think. And uh, we see a lot of now, a lot of crossover invested. We see people looking at one deal and, you know, you can see it, right? So we see them investing and then we see, we see the same names investing in a couple of other deals. So, you know, it, it does cross over. It's great. Terrific. And what's been your deal sourcing strategy to date for the, for the actual deals going live on the platform? We, we work with accelerators. We work with incubators. Uh, we do a lot of outreach on LinkedIn, um, trying to find um, interesting founders. And, you know, we have contacts in the industry. We have angel groups that we're friendly with. So, you know, it, it all kind of comes together. And, you know, we, we, we're, I've spoken to a couple of thousand companies in the past year, you know, per wow. personally, you know, so I, I'm the business development end of it. Mostly I'm CEO trying to run the operation and uh, talk to founders to try to find the right founders. Cause you know, crowdfunding is not a great fit for everybody and not for every platform. So we're, we're trying to uh, bring in ours. Chris, I think that's a unique, thing about Title Three Funds too is we genuinely talk to any everybody, all the issuing companies that come on our crowdfunding portal, which you should know that a lot of funding portals don't necessarily interact with all of the companies that are on their funding portal. So for us, you know, we absolutely get a lot of referrals because once we have put somebody on the funding portal and they realize that they get their questions answered, they talk to real life people, um, they understand the process, then it, it's, an, it's a nice segue into referring somebody else to us. I think also it's that we're not trying to really sell anybody onto being on the platform. You know, I, I think that their, their BS meter does not go off when they're talking to me. I, I'm sure. just telling them exactly <laughs> the way it is. And what do you think has been the biggest pushback that you've heard from founders as to why they don't want to raise in this space? I think they can't, uh, they don't have the wherewithal for the marketing that it really takes. I think that, you know, a lot of them think if you um, build it, they'll come. It's not really that and everybody in the, in the industry knows it, but I think that founders just think, oh, magically go on a funding portal and raise a million dollars, but it doesn't work that way. And I think that's always um, the thing mostly that um, makes people hesitate, walk away, or uh, just say, I'll, I'll see you in the near future. 
And have you gotten any feedback from investors as to what hesitancy might lie in them that leads them not to invest or at least to start not invest? Well, I guess the only feedback we would get from investors investing or not would be um, on the comments portion of any offering page, you know, so I think they'll, they'll have questions about a particular offering and then uh, the CEO of the issuing company will go on and, you know, have that back and forth with them. So personally, we don't have those conversations with investors. Understood. Look, there's a, um, I think everybody, every issuing company out there is looking for the Amazon of crowdfunding, right? They want a marketplace that has an instantaneous audience that is built in. But in crowdfunding right now, especially in the area that we know, this is something that has been a nascent industry that has been built up. And in the early days of Amazon, they focused on books and they gained an audience. And that's what's happening in crowdfunding right now is there'll be ultimately at some point a tipping point where funding portals will have a broad audience of investors that have built up trust. The other thing with funding portals right now that we all need to be aware of is that so many of the early companies that have raised money in crowdfunding have not yet seen the results of what that's going to mean long-term for that company. So we haven't seen a lot of the unicorns surface from that. And so as those companies start to emerge and proof has been demonstrated by crowdfunding itself in the industry and by the various portals, that is when we'll start to see the inflection point where now those companies that thought that they could go on a funding portal and and maybe get a little bit more exposure will happen. Yeah. But what I always caution and tell a lot of the founders that come in right now is that you're learning a skill right now going into crowdfunding. If you can learn how to fundamentally raise money from the crowd year over year, you've, you've got a skill, you've got a tool in your back pocket that 95% of people don't even understand. And now, now that learning, that hard learning that you put up front in, in learning how to raise money from the crowd will pay off annually as you need to turn back to your investors yeah. and your evangelists. Exactly. No, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's a little bit like we're, we're changing the script of capital raising for founders where it's less about seed, series A, these like different stages and titles and all these things that have been made up, right? <laughs> it's really, that's all it is, a bunch of people making up names. Um, and, and now it's really about continuous funding as you work towards building that sustainable business and scaling up and all of those things and really evangelizing the people who believe in you most and are backing you. But also along the way, part of that figuring out the mechanism, right, is, is figuring out how to make lots of progress to excite them, to want to continue to invest. In fact, you would double down and triple down. Um, but I couldn't agree more. This like sustainable, continuous capital raising, I think is actually a really unique new strategy that's evolving as people kind of learn more about this space. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and it, it and, and founders um, should not, should recognize that. And um, it, because it is, it is a learning process for every founder. They're learning how to run a startup, but they're also learning how to, how to raise money. And I anticipate that a lot of companies that are coming to us right now that aren't ready, we'll see them in future iterations. They'll become ready. They'll get into a state of readiness and then they'll, they'll be back. 
um, totally to raise money with with the title three funds so if you think about you know 12 15 months from now what does success look like for title three funds I'd say we're raising capital uh, with for five million dollars per company, and we have twenty per month going. So, I mean, I'm going to say it's progress, right? Uh, progress over perfection. Uh, we're, um, you know, we we are in the startup's journey. You know, what we want to see is the is the equity crowdfunding system continue to evolve. We want to see more awareness to uh, the ability to raise money via equity crowdfunding. And we just want to see, again, more companies that are coming on to title, title three funds, like break through and get the exposure that, that they need. Terrific. And last thing to wrap up our conversation here today, if an investor wants to get started uh, investing in companies on your, your platform, uh, what's the best way for them to kind of get started? Where should they go? What first step should they take? Sign up on the platform, agree to electronic communication. We'll send them emails, um, take a look at the offerings we have, and we'll update them on how the, the progress of those offerings and any new offerings that come onto the platform as they come on. And is it title3funds.com? Correct. Got it. And is the three, it just makes sure we got it right. Is the three spelled out? All right, so our namesake is title Roman numeral three, but the name of the uh, URL of the company is title three, number three, not Roman numeral three, funds.com. Outstanding. Well, you've, uh, you've heard it here first. Go and check them out. Great new platform uh, out there. And, and you know, it's just wonderful to see the, the whole market kind of building and growing and seeing all of these unique new opportunities pop up and very, very glad to have you all in this uh, in this space, and thank you for everything that you're doing for us. Um, so, wish you the best. Go check them out. Uh, it's been a wonderful conversation, Bruce and Kim. Thank you again for your time today. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Chris. All right. Have a wonderful day. Take care now. Thanks. You too. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.